Welcome back to Don't Call It a Book Club. My name is Luke. My name is Dan. After a after a one week break, uh, we're we're back to finish up Iron Gold. Um, yeah, it's been uh, it's been it's been a, it's been a tough book. We had to take a a little break for it, but uh, I'm excited <laughs> to finish it up. Before we get there, Luke, we're going to warm up a little bit because in the intervening time, it was Independence Day in the United States of America. That's correct. In these these great states. And I am curious what you think about a growing trend in America for the for the 4th of July. A few a few cities have done this. And this is it's something that it's not new this year. It's happened in a few places previously, too. Um, some cities are going with drone shows instead of fireworks. Oh. And by drone shows, I mean they add... Have you ever seen one of these drone shows before? I, I haven't, actually. Okay. This is, this is the first I'm hearing of it. Okay, so how it works is, you know, like a drone that people fly around and, like, do a... I'm familiar. Okay, okay. Not like a... <laughs> Not like an army drone, but like a fun, not, not, a not fun like a drone. Star Wars drone. <laughs> yeah, or like a terrifying military. No, no, no. We're talking about like okay. zip around camera drone. Anyway, you get a bunch of those. You put LED lights on them, and then you can get them to make cool designs in the air and like fly around and put on a light show, essentially. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you haven't seen any of these before, they can make some pretty incredible images with these like uh do like a little pikachu in the sky and you get you get like hundreds of them okay they're all working in in synchronization they, they're following like a software program so they can all coordinate to make this cool 3d shape with like a bunch of drones okay uh-huh. okay i i'm curious your take like if you would rather have that or fireworks and it's hard because you've never seen one of these before so it's i'm I'm trying to describe to you what it looks like maybe i should yeah maybe i'm here i'm just gonna send a link to you and you know what i'll we'll put this in the show notes um okay 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 so yeah well i just showed luke a video it's a drone show that they're like recreating the statue of liberty it kind of morphs it does some cool colors i'm gonna put in the show notes uh so luke some cities instead of fireworks are going drone show. How does that hit you? Okay. I think I I think I'm in two camps here. Okay. Uh the first of which is I'm very pro this. Mhm. Um and and this is with my ad- identity as a as a dog owner. Yes, I think this might be where because you and I disagree. As, as a dog owner, I have not really been able to enjoy fireworks for like five years mm-hmm. um, and this is maybe part of the reason why i didn't know that this existed already um but this this yeah the drone thing would make i think it feasible for me to go out and and participate in the festivities can you On explain why hand, luke can you explain why as a dog owner the the fireworks is a oh, rough okay. time for you i the sound the 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 loud pops of the fireworks mm-hmm freak my dogs out and probably everyone else's dogs out enough to the point where you have to like huddle with them in the corner (laughs) for the entire night you take them down into the bunker into your purge bunker during the fourth of july yeah (laughs) right right um so that part we don't love uh but i 
I do think that there's something about fireworks that the drones are not able to recreate. <laughs> I mean, you know what it is, Luke. <laughs> I mean, part of it, part of it is the noise. Yeah, it's the big sure. boom. But I don't. Yeah, I think that just like having a big explosion in the sky is a little bit different than having like a light show in the sky. Okay, I get what you're saying with this. I think, I actually think that this is just way better. I think it's better in every way, um, except for the loud booms. This is honestly, this is where we differ. Because when I see a fireworks show, my favorite part is the loud boom. Um, I mean, okay, yes. Like me personally, also, that I think that part is fun. I, I, also, I also get that that's kind of a, that's a tough position. For a lot of people, like the loud booms cause a lot of problems. And, you know, I'm perfectly fine with saying, yeah, maybe my love of loud booms isn't worth everyone else's health and well-being. Like maybe I could sacrifice <laughs> loud booms one day a year for everyone else to have a great time. Um, here's the OK, here's actually here. I'll let you I'll let you finish up, actually. So, yeah, I, I think this is better in every way except the loud booms because you could have the drones put on like a fireworks show, right? You could have the drones make like little colored lights in the sky. If you got the program working right, you could even simulate like an explosion. You just get a bunch of them to like turn their lights on at the, the right times. And then it looks like a firework. Um, right. I, a fireworks show for me is fun for like 30 seconds. There's like one or two fireworks that I'm really interested to see. And the rest, it's like, yeah, I like the big booms. The the like visuals are kind of boring because it's the same thing. I've seen these freaking 30 years now. I know what they look like. Uh, even I have seen the 4th of July in our nation's capital. That's right. Washington District of Columbia. And expected <laughs> the fireworks show there to be like phenomenal. Like like a level above. Do you know what I mean? Like right. better than right. any fireworks show I've ever seen. It was good. It wasn't like that good. Um, <laughs> and the thing which is always really disappointing with fireworks is they'll try and do, they'll try and make some that do have like fun shapes in them. Like this one's a smiley face. This one's a, a gun or something. I don't know. And they never work. I've yet to see one of those that was like, oh yeah, that looks really good. <laughs> that's easy for drones drones can do that in 3d easily right so like sure. the show is so much better with drones the show is 10 times better you could have like an actual story it could be like i don't know you could recreate a freaking battle or something with drones Ooh, in the sky okay. okay the 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 story part i think is really the only way for me that it that it eclipses fireworks i think just like having a light show that's just like you know like a series of shapes mm -hmm. and that kind of thing mm -hmm. even if it's like you know the statue of liberty for example i i don't think that that's super interesting to me necessarily okay but if you have if you if you're able to like yeah do a little do a little story mode action here especially like for a holiday like july 4th sure uh I, I think I think there's a reason we do fireworks though and it's for the big explosion thing. Um and back to the dog point which I know I 
this is kind of an outsized thing for me because it's really like the central part of my experience with mm-hmm. fireworks. Mm-hmm. I don't think that the drone thing gets away, like solves it because people freaking let off little fireworks in the neighborhood all the time. And that's like, honestly, the number one issue. Oh, I see. Um, But I don't know. I, I still think I'm going, I still think I'm going fireworks. I like them. I think they're cool. Um, I I do agree with you though, that like, it doesn't have to be that long. Maybe Mm. the fireworks show. I feel like Ooh. I feel like we could maybe even do both. Oh. It's like a game. It's like how many drones can you knock out of the sky with these big explosions? <laughs> well, also just like a little a little story mode with the drones yeah. and then we have the big finale. Ooh, I actually do fireworks. like this. These are complimentary, perhaps. Yeah. I do yeah. like this. I also wonder, Luke, seeing as uh this this great nation has been on fire for most of the last three years. Maybe cutting back on the number of flammable projectiles we're launching mm. around in the heat of summer is a good idea. Um, okay. I also think the fact that the fact that there's no like regulations around popping off fireworks in your backyard, even like around Fourth of July, like from the second. To the, like, 10th of July, people are popping off. I don't know. I feel like you have certain designated fireworks zones is more of a cool move. I I agree. It is frustrating that people are just going for it randomly. Um, Like, literally no other time are you allowed to make super loud noises and disrupt the whole neighborhood. Like... You're not allowed to go out on Thanksgiving and scream at the top of your lungs and have everybody be like, oh, yeah, it's just Thanksgiving. (laughs) This is true. This is true. I've never tested it, but I think that's true. Especially considering, like, honestly, I would rather have people screaming because with fireworks, it's like, are those gunshots or are those firecrackers? Uh, We'll (laughs) never know. Well, with the screaming, it's like, ah, is this person in need? I don't know if I don't know if screaming is the alternative, but <laughs> maybe not screaming. Sure. But there's a lot of other disruptive noises that we should be fine putting up with before fireworks. Right, right. This is a good point. Okay. I get it. People are lazy. They don't want to go to Fireworks Central to launch their cool fireworks that they bought. Which, okay, mini rant here. Fireworks have gotten kind of worse over time. I think there's been regulations it's, about okay. what kind of fireworks you can buy at like fireworks stands and stuff because. When I was a kid, you could buy the most dangerous shit at a fireworks shop. <laughs> okay. I, I will say, I think you lived in a state that had few regulations because in the state that I grew up, you actually could not buy fireworks and you had to drive to the neighboring state. Okay. Okay. Now, I will say I was doing 4th of July's in Texas at the time. <laughs> so you're probably correct. Uh but I don't know. I've, I tried to buy cool fireworks in Arizona like five years ago. You can't buy a lot of the stuff that's really dangerous anymore. Like, I, you can't I buy mean, a Roman yeah. candle anymore. Really? Roman candles? Okay. Yeah. That's good. We were having Roman candle fights, and it was, <laughs> oh. dang, it was not <laughs> optimal. That's what I mean, I though. It was, there was something about it, though, where it was just, it was just a little... The magic's gone a little bit. So I think bringing the drones... <laughs> And bring in the drones, as we say. Yeah. 
<laughs> let's let's make it happen. <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah, we'll give it a shot. Um all right. L- let us know listeners, let us know your thoughts. Uh sound off in the, in the comments. <laughs> uh okay. Should we get to the book? Let's get to the book. All right. So, we've finished Iron Gold today. Um let me let me bring up my notes here. First thing I want to talk about, Luke. Uh we're in that meeting with Ephraim and the Duke of Hands and yep. um Lyria is her name? Mhm. Lyria the Red, who he has snuck in, runs off. And the Duke of Hands is like, "Who the fuck was that? Dude, come on. Who was that?" And Ephraim's like, "I don't know." Uh, anyway, uh the <laughs> one of the obsidians tells the duke of hands that he will bring her head back by its bone tail as a way of describing how they will bring lyria back to him that is the most metal way to describe (laughs) that that i've ever heard in my life (laughs) yes like that's straight out of mortal Kombat. that's literally like a, right, that's a finishing move. That's a finishing move. Yeah. Oh, brutal. It's unnecessary. It's a little unnecessary. Um, <laughs> but it gets the point across <laughs> so well, Luke. It very much does. I will say about this, it makes like having in like being in this role that the Duke of Hands is in, or other people that are like employing uh, obsidians that are like this kind of an interesting position Mm, say more as in like i don't know you're managing people that talk like this yeah that's fucking awesome (laughs) (laughs) which which like okay obviously if you are like you are also to some degree like a kindred spirit right (laughs) yeah the duke of hands seems to be very into it luke Right, like, right. You don't get in this position because you had like excellent references and a and like five years experience. You get in this position because the Duke of Hands is like, I love the way you describe Burger. <laughs> right. This is okay. Yeah, this is a good point because uh, the other thing I was gonna say is it takes like some amount of practice and uh, innate talent to to say these types of things off the cuff. And, and like you know that he's not using this turn of phrase every time. Otherwise, the Duke of Hands is like, "You're boring now. Get out." Right. He's, right. He's coming he's, up with new ones. He's painting a beautiful word picture out of blood with his words, and it's incredible. It's just the word, the wordplay here is so good. It's not even wordplay, actually. It's word murder. The word murder here is so good. <laughs> I, I I mean I agree. Yeah, sure. Sure. Uh I don't know. I don't know if I love it, but um it's fitting, certainly. Mhm. Mhm. <laughs> um okay, I I have I do have a couple notes on like Ephraim and this whole this whole plot line. Yeah. The first of which um so Ephraim is taking this method or this medicine called Zolodone, mm-hmm. I believe is the name. Mm-hmm. And 
I know that we are witnessing, like, maybe not the condoned purpose of this meth- this medicine. <laughs> yeah. But it's got to go. <laughs> FDA needs to come come down hard on the makers of Zolodone. Of Xanax? I mean, sorry, you were saying Zolodone? <laughs> Especially when it's like, I don't know, just... If you're the if you're like the marketing executive yeah. of Zolodone, yeah, and someone comes up and hey, do you know the like primary use of this medicine? It's like oh yeah, probably to like deal with anxiety or something. Uh, no, it's to make people act freaking psychopathic and not feel guilt. Luke, I don't know. Like, you're aware we had to sue a family who ran a pharmaceutical company for billions of dollars. For them to stop pushing Oxycontin, right? Yes, I'm I'm aware. You're sure. aware that in yeah. our real, like, current human world, we had to just, like, force a pharmaceutical company to stop pushing a deadly medication on people. Uh, yes, I do. I do realize And this. you're telling me in the future we should have fixed that? Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Uh, fair? Come on. Um, I will say... Mustang, get it together. I feel like when we see instances of things like this that are like prescription medications being misused, we should be presented with the like legitimate prescribed case. Like maybe maybe just like a scene where Ephraim's getting some from his dealer and his dealer's like, yeah, had to steal these from some people with some really severe social anxiety that just like can't go right, outside. Yeah. Unless they have, you know, half of one of these. So, yeah. Yeah. you know. Give me that. I, I just want one scene where it's like, there's an actual real purpose for this other than just like turning people into murderous psychos. <sighs> and maybe we'll get it. Maybe. Maybe. I hope so. Ugh. But, okay. So, so that, that, that's number one. Um, number two, I guess... Also with Ephraim. So he does the whole thing and kidnaps uh, kidnaps the kids and hands them over. And then um, completely does a 180, right? After being forced to and like kind of saves them. Mm-hmm. I mean, I know it's a little murky at the end here, but I don't think that I'm supposed to. But I'm not forgiving Ephraim at all. And in fact, I feel like Ephraim, I have like a lot of, a lot of distaste and dislike for maybe more so than any other character in this book right now. Ooh, this is a hot take because I can think of one character in particular that I have more disdain for right now. Um, But we'll get to him in a little bit. Um, (laughs) This, okay. I agree with you. I don't think at this point we are supposed to like Ephraim because yes, I do think we're being set up for a road to redemption with Ephraim though. Like I don't want to be well, <laughs> Luke. Come on. I will say to, for a little throwback here, when we were doing the first trilogy, I was really excited for a um, redemption arc for uh, who is that gold? Who is like, terrible but wanted to be good do you remember that was it the, oh was it tactus the one who got murdered by lorne 
I think it might have been Tactus. I think it might have been, but it's I, but it's been a while. I was also excited for a redemption arc with Tactus, and then he got murdered by Lorne because he was running his mouth a little bit. Um, and it was like, yeah, fair enough. And so I want a redemption arc with Ephraim. And I think we're being set up okay. for a redemption arc here. Okay. And Ugh. I mean, he did go back and save the kids, right? Yeah, he was the one that did the whole thing. Yeah, but he needed money. <laughs> I Okay, okay, okay. To, to be fair, though, to actually give him a little bit of credit, he literally had no option, right? Like when they got the job, the first thing they all tried to do was like, okay, can we run? Can we escape this at all? And they were all like, no. Okay, yes. Sure. But I mean, I think it's just his attitude mostly, honest. Like, I don't know. I'm just sick of the, I'm just sick of the, like, hatred for everything. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I just, I don't like Ephraim. I don't want, I don't, I want him out. I don't want him to get a redemption arc. I'm sick of it. Oh, okay. All right, well. Maybe Pax will murder him in cold blood. Love that. Love that for Pax. Maybe they'll he'll he'll get him back to to Mustang, and she'll be like, "Oh wow, my babies! I'm so glad." And Pax will just kill him on the spot, and just like he's a traitor, he's a traitor to the Republic, and he deserves death. You know, Pax will just be like, "This I learned from my father. Right. You're a traitor to the Republic, and you're dead now." Pac's very in character mm-hmm. is a murderer in cold blood. Yes. He loves it. Craves it, actually. Um, a little note I have here from this whole heist situation. So when Ephraim goes to the Duke of Hands' little hideout, and he sees the back wall of the Duke of Hands and his setup back there is a big ant colony. I know mm-hmm. that this is supposed to be somewhat like gross and horrific. Yeah. I, I want one of these. <laughs> I, from a young age, I don't. I actually may have talked about this on the pod before. I would not be surprised. Uh, I have always wanted a big ant colony, like a big wall-sized ant colony with a bunch of ants in okay. it, just doing their thing, and I could just watch them. And yeah, I don't have to feed them human flesh. That's not a necessity. You don't have to. No, but like I don't know. It'd be cool. I. Uh... I love to hear this. I don't think that you have talked about this on the pod. Um, it's, <laughs> but I'm glad. I'm glad to get this insight into you. Um, I think. I mean, I think it'd be cool too. I guess. Uh, this is like a childhood man. dream of mine was to have a, a okay. cool big ant colony. Um, this is good. This is good to know. I think ants are high risk, high reward, though. Is it, okay. Because on that. you better get the most tight, locked down box for your ant colony. <laughs> Otherwise, it is chaos in your house. Like you are inviting a large colony of insects inside your living space. If they get out, you're done. If they get out, it's like, okay, right. it's your house now. Now the house is the ant colony and I live in the box. <laughs> right, because I feel like the natural comparison here is like a a big like in wall aquarium Mm -hmm. and like if one of those breaks it's like a hassle right yep but but it's just clean up at that point Mm -hmm. if your ant colony breaks i don't know i you're yeah 
Well, and now, right. and they know the layout. The they know the layout. They know your emotional vulnerabilities. Like they have the upper hand at this point. Right. You guys have been living together, so they, they, they know your routines. They know your weak points. Um, Luke, it's even worse. I think it's worse than an aquarium, because we're talking about a a, a shatter situation. We're talking about it breaking. Right. If yes. an if an aquarium leaks, you know pretty quickly. I see. If an okay. ant colony links or leaks, uh, how long does it take you to notice before you have <laughs> ants everywhere? Especially considering we're assuming these ants are very strategic, right? Yes, yes. They know as soon as you see them out, there's going to be a, a war that starts. So they're going right. to lay the groundwork first. They're going to put some trenches down first. <laughs> this is a good point. It's very high risk, high reward. Okay, okay. You got to make sure... You got to make sure of the the stability of your, I don't know, terrarium. Is yeah. That word? Sure. Sure. Okay. Well, I'm I'm hoping that you get one of these at some point. If I do, Luke, it's going to be in the background of the pod forever. Oh. I'll have oh, it behind okay. me in the video so you can watch the little ants doing their thing. It does. I do think that you have to set the ambiance of that right, or you will look like an evil villain. I mean, I think an easy first step is like no feeding it human body parts, right? <laughs> right. But I mean, also just like you have to, I don't know what the difference is, but I feel like there's a fine line between like hobbyist and like this guy's a psycho, even without the human flesh thing. Okay. All right. Tell me more about how to make my aunt call any more huggy and cuddly. How do I make this more of like a, how do I take this out of psycho realm? Because I have just been living in the You got to be a little bit, you got to be, make the surrounding room a little bit more nerdy, I think. Because if you, if you have the like mood lighting and like, I don't know, man cave style room, Mm. it's, I'm not comfortable because now I think that you're murdering me. However, if you've got like, a, like a lot of natural light in here and uh, uh, a little side table with a book on like ants then i'm like oh this guy just loves ants okay yeah but if under that book it's like and how to feed your enemies to them then it doesn't work anymore <laughs> that's tough that's yeah exactly um gotta be thoughtful about these okay yeah, I mean, the man cave vibe just sounds gross, so I don't think I would ever really even have a room like that. <laughs> like, I'm not an 1800s industrialist with, like, cigars and stuff, so... Okay, that's I'm not, new. That's I'm not new feeding, information for me. I'm not feeding my factory workers to the ants if they don't meet the <laughs> quota for this year. Um, but anyway, uh, this is a long way of saying I love an ant colony, and I was glad to see okay. one. <laughs> We're always we're always glad to see an ant colony. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, uh, are we ready to leave this plot line behind? I actually want to bookend it real quick with one more note okay. about Ephraim. Sure. I don't know if anybody else noticed this. Ephraim loves describing how obsidians kill people. <laughs> like literally every time Ephraim talks about seeing an obsidian, he's like, "Oh man, if." One bad look from them, and they'll rip my arms off and shove them down my throat. And <laughs> l- almost every time Ephraim sees an obsidian that it's not his good friend, he adds a fun little 
a fun little note about how they murder people and do it in horrific okay. ways. And I guess it is being drilled into him, but he just loves talking about how terrible they do murder. <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah, I that slipped by me, maybe just because I feel like it also just kind of fits both the vibe of Ephraim and the vibe of Obsidian's. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they just complement each other. I, I I guess they do. Yeah. And, I mean, to be fair, he was in a situation where they probably would do those things to him, given the opportunity. Right. But I feel like the first time you think it, you don't need to think it again and again and again. <laughs> like, you this know, have that thought, acknowledge it, and let it go. Am I being repetitive? Mm-hmm. Maybe. Mm-hmm. This is why people don't like me gotta be more original like that like that obsidian (laughs) exactly okay all right let's let's move on all right um okay i think there's two areas to move to do you want to go to the rim first or do you want to go to uh our dear friend darrow i want to go to the rim i gotta save darrow for last okay (laughs) all right let's go to the rim uh, where I think we left off right before Cassius's duel. Mm-hmm. Duels, plural, I guess. <laughs> Very um, plural, unfortunately. And I think the one thing that that I realized through this, or maybe was reminded of, like how big of a of a power disparity there is among golds. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and by power, I guess I mean like uh like how good they are at fighting maybe um because darrow or sorry not darrow because cassius is like relatively well matched for like the top maybe one or two fighters among the rim people and then the scrubs that come to are just like so far below him mm-hmm. and i don't know i guess i was Maybe just like thinking that all golds were at like a certain level and like they would all at least have some trouble with each other while like, you know, the elites are all obviously better and would eventually win, but not necessarily super easily. But this just makes it seem like unless you're an absolute elite, you're like getting dominated immediately. It's like me going up against LeBron. Right, and I think the difference is... Well, actually, maybe this is a good comparison of you and LeBron because, like, Cassius, he, like, has an arm that doesn't really work well after the first fight and then still... he's, like, very injured. Very injured and still completely bodies the next two or three fighters with, like, out any... Maybe even more. And... I think LeBron could take you with one arm pretty easily. Yeah. Might even be able to take you with an arm and one leg. (laughs) Probably. Like, I honestly don't know what we're doing to LeBron. (laughs) I don't know how long it would take to even the field. Right. Right. And so I, I agree. It is startling how big the gap is. But like, I feel like if you're one of these other golds, you just need to acknowledge like, hey, dueling isn't my thing. And honestly, doesn't come up that often. So not really mm. worth my time. Uh, I'm going to get good at 
anything else. I see. Okay. Like, I think that's fair. Yeah. It. I, I feel like it's... it's mm. I get that it's cool to be good at dueling, and it does become valuable if you want to challenge someone to a duel, which is a thing that happens in this society. I think a much more practical skill and a skill that I would much rather have on my team is like, yeah, I'm a really excellent strategist. Okay, I guess that's true. I think that's fair. The thing is, like, they have stratified the society to the point where, like, you really only have a few roles that you're focused on as a gold. Okay. mm. And I do think that, like, combat strategy is certainly one of them. Mm -hmm. Yes. Mm -hmm. I think it's, like, combat strategy, actual combat, and then, like, level of... (laughs) level of being a psycho like are you are you j level or or not (laughs) glad we're bringing j level back yeah um uh, okay yes and like coming up with witty things to say i think there's witticisms that is a part of this as well Mm. Mm -hmm. uh okay i hadn't thought about this but then if if you if you're not doing one of those you're you're a you're a pixie yes yes so excluding I, pixies, then like, I don't, I don't know. So then the, the question, I think the LeBron James question was actually a bad one because the LeBron James question is like a gold versus a red, right? We're right. We're talking LeBron James with one arm versus a like starter player for another team. Right. That's what I, that's what I was expecting, I guess. Because, yeah, it feels like, mm, it does feel like that, huh? It shouldn't be that, oh, maybe he's getting lucky. I, 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 maybe he's getting lucky. I do think it just, like, serves to show how, like, how far above other fighters our elites are, right? Like, the problem, yeah. the problem with that, Luke, at least in my mind, is as soon as they're like offering for other people to fight Cassius. Everybody's hyped to try. Right. No, I'm not hyped to try. <laughs> I'm not what? either. Like, I'm not either. Especially s- because like there's not even really the like if you win, there's not even a huge glory bonus. There's zero honor to this. Everybody around is like, right. yeah, there's no honor in killing him at all. Because it's like right. this is this sucks. This is not a righteous tournament. Uh yeah, it's a lose lose, and oh god, I mean he is very good, right? He is like the top. He is, he is very good. Yes, but still, yeah, I don't know. Um, anyway. I I've mentioned this before, and so I'm only just gonna mention it again. It continues to amaze me that people believe videos in the future. Mm, since yes. since I have brought up this point deep fakes have only gotten so much better uh to where like even now sometimes you can't really trust a video um y'all maybe fact check this before we get hype about the war maybe we look at the the darrow launching the the attack on your docks and say you know this is a compelling piece of evidence let me do a little digging and and see if this is trustworthy right you i do think at this level of technology you need 
more than more than video i guess yeah um i don't know i maybe at a certain point our our level or our abilities to uh detect deep fakes has come has come ahead of our ability to make deep fakes i hope so i, I hope find, so i find that unlikely but but maybe i hope so maybe I- it's like this this uh came from a certain type of camera that like their big thing is that you can't do the deep fakes on them right and they just trust this was this was film actually this was on film (laughs) she busted out this thing that they had to hide inside a razor was actually a reel was a film reel she busted (laughs) out she's like hang on get that projector over here hang on bring it over (laughs) You guys, this is gonna be crazy. Check this out. Let's. Anybody know how to work one of these? Hang on. And Darrow just happened to not notice the person in the back with the like three hundred pound <laughs> camera winding as he murders this <laughs> this doc on a spaceship. He's like, "What's that sound? Hey, what's that thing you're doing back there?" While I'm <laughs> while I'm sowing the seeds of the destruction of my fledgling republic. Oh, you're nothing. You're doing nothing. All right, I'm gonna keep going with my speech then. <laughs> I think it's gotta be I think it's gotta be film. Yeah. It's the only way I'm buying it. Probably. I think it's also crazy that Darrow let this exist. So like mm. they're on the bridge of this ship, right? And they know that what they're doing needs to be like secret. Right. There's like three people on the bridge with them. If we could, if comedians can get everyone to hand in their phones before going to one of their performances, I feel like Darrow and Mustang should be able to get everyone to turn off their recording devices for like two minutes. Right, right. Or at least just like, hey, everybody, we're done. Make sure, can you hand them over? Come on. Come on. You, you know no one can see this. <laughs> right i yeah it's it's very tough it's bad luck i will say um and uh yeah i the other thing this leads me to is to talk a little bit about lysander Mm, yeah and i guess my takeaway on lysander is uh so he just he kind of (laughs) sucks is all to me yeah uh-huh <laughs> uh, i have a theory luke my theory okay. with some golds is that they are able to stay alive entirely by virtue of them being somewhat interesting and lysander is the the poster boy for this because <laughs> they should kill him no question uh-huh. they should kill him because he's not contributing anything and he's a huge liability to them but he right. keeps doing things that are kind of interesting and they're like oh that's kind of interesting <laughs> all right let's see what you do next <laughs> right this is a good point like he- i mean and most of this is just his like his last name as well yeah but like who how is that an asset? How do what prov- what means that is an asset? 
I don't know. I don't know. He doesn't have any troops or anything that will be like, oh, loon? Yeah, 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 definitely. I'm all about the loons. <laughs> and and Lysander himself, like, seems to be really good at math and stuff and, like, book smarts. Right. Which, like, as a gold, I feel like just doesn't have a ton of value. Like, I realized that his grandmother, the the sovereign from the from the first trilogy was grooming him with all these like leadership lessons i'm sure Mm -hmm. but like i just don't think that like the other golds are lacking in a lot of these types of things no they're really not and it's like oh so lysander is just like not super good at fighting and like doesn't have a ton of natural charisma but he can like name all of the houses really easily (laughs) I don't know. I mean, to be fair, Lysander's grandmother was preparing him. Octavia was preparing him for a very different time, I think. Right. No, I I agree. I guess I'm more saying that he's not super valuable in this new world. Correct. I agree with you 100%. I don't know why he is still alive at this point, aside from the fact that he does things that are sort of interesting every so often. Um. (laughs) I mean, he also might be super hot, but it's hard to tell. Yeah. I mean, they all are. You're right. They all are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, The other crazy thing about this, Luke. So Cassius dies and Lysander is on his own. And he meets with Gaia. Gaia, first off, lights a match on like her heel, like the skin of her heel to light her pipe. (laughs) Uh, yes, please. More of this. <laughs> okay. I, I don't care what you have to say. I'm on board for whatever you have to say, Gaia. <laughs> um, and so Lysander meets with her and she's like, hey, I need you to save my son because if you don't do that, shit's going to really pop off. And Lysander's like, okay, yeah, I get it. Cool. I'm down. And then he goes and decides this is his first big decision mind you to side with the crazy warmonger who like didn't have any evidence but was convinced that they needed to go to war with darrow right and decided to do a coup to make it and like a coup that was doomed if they didn't have the right evidence that they wanted Right. And Lysander decided, yeah, this is the person I want on my team. I want to be on their team. That's that's a bold first decision, Lysander. I don't you might want to have consulted with Cassius a little bit more. I I do I do agree. He he has a few moments in this section and maybe throughout the book where he's like has been shepherded by Cassius for the past 10 years or however long, but has started to feel like he knows better than, than Cassius. And like in some areas, maybe, but like, I feel like you've got a little bit too much confidence on these things. This. Okay. Luke, this woman, Dido did not even know. If Seraphim had the right video. 
Right. Well, she shows up already doing a coup and then asks, like, hey, do you have the video? <laughs> Maybe get some confirmation first. <laughs> right. Right. And Lysander is like, yeah, this lady is the one. She's the one who I'm down She's going to lead a successful, a successful war. Yeah. That's going to put me in a position of power again. Yeah, but what you're forgetting is that... Uh, what's her name? Seraphima or something? Uh huh. She's she's pretty cute. Okay, yeah. she is cute. Yeah, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. And she she did uh she did almost murder Lysander in the ship. Uh huh. Uh huh. And there is a little sense of danger there. It's fun. We love it. And so yeah, maybe something could happen. I don't know. Cassius could never prepare Lysander for this, his budding, his budding, well, manhood. Let's say that. <laughs> we know. Yes. Yes. <sighs> okay. Man. T- tough ending. Tough ending for, uh, um, what's his name? What's the, what's the leader of the rim? Romulus. Mm. Tough ending for Romulus. Doesn't even make it to the tomb. Weak. <laughs> what a baby. <laughs> What an absolute coward. I know. I know. I'm glad he's dead. Um, we all are. We all are. Okay. Uh, do you have more for the rim? Or are you ready to go to Darrow? Yeah, we got to talk about Darrow. <laughs> I I feel like, is this maybe who you were talking about Darrow earlier? Darrow sucks, man. <laughs> <laughs> and... We're going to get there. We're going to get there because it's kind of the whole big deal. First, though, before we get to talk about how Darrow sucks, they had this bit. They had this bit with the Howlers where they were making like Chuck Norris jokes about Ragnar. Mm-hmm. Did you catch these? Uh, I'm not, I don't know, actually. At one point, they're flying along and they start making the equivalent of Chuck Norris jokes with Ragnar. And this is the first time I heard Pierce in this book really profoundly being like, hey, you guys remember Chuck Norris jokes? And I just was like rolling my eyes so hard because it was like, ah, this is a little cringe. (laughs) This is a little cringe, Pierce. (laughs) Sure. Okay. Um, Um. And man, Darrow. Okay. Luke, I feel like Darrow's brain has sort of rotted a little bit. Okay. Because, like, you have to ask the questions that I was asking early on in this book of like, okay, what is happening with the Ash Lord? Maybe we should find out a little bit more information because it seems a little bit sketchy that no one's seen him for a long time. And like... Right. And like... When you show up on his planet and it's like, huh, this is weird. Why aren't there as many troops as there should be? All right. Like, you need to ask these questions. And Darrow is like a tactical genius. The possibilities should have already been there, right? (laughs) Especially because I think one thing we're forgetting is that the amount of travel time that has skipped over. Where they're like traveling to Venus for like a month. Yep. I think it's like never during that month where you like, Hey, a, like we haven't seen him in a few years. Maybe something's going on with that. And then B, like is killing one guy 
gonna fix it? Mm-hmm. Probably not. I mean, to be fair, <laughs> to be fair, they did kill Octavia and started the Republic. So, granted, like there was a lot of other things that came with that, but um, yeah, I don't know, guys. Darrow, what happened to you? In a lot of ways, what happened to you, bud? I know it's been a tough. It's been a tough decade. Yeah, but ah. Uh... Go to therapy for a, for a minute. For like actually. literally a minute. That might be all you need. Um, Talk to someone about your budding uh, like feelings about being a terrible father. Maybe talk to your son about it would be a good... It doesn't have to be several. Maybe not several. Although maybe even him. I think literally anyone at this point. Um, I think all this is happening too internal. All this monologuing he's doing... Turn it into a dialogue, Darrow, because somebody yeah, needs he to loves, hear this. He loves a monologue a little bit too much now. We loved it in the first trilogy. Mm-hmm. Now it's sad. But, now it's sad, yeah, Darrow. It's... <laughs> um, I hated this for Darrow. Yeah, yeah. Every every part of this went went poorly. Uh, there was a little bit of a like, I don't know, reversal here where. I think in the third book, when Darrow comes back and Severo is in charge, he does a little bit of questioning of Severo that's mirrored in how Severo questions him here. Yes. Yes. And it's, I, I don't know. Severo's making some good points. He's making some very good points. Uh, uh, every decision Darrow's making is bad. He hears, oh, hey, my kids are in danger. Eh, the war is all there is. My wife can handle that. I'm about war. Um, and he hears Apollonius, or Apollonius, or whatever we decided, uh, hears that he poisoned this guy. Oh, okay, well, it, Venus is yours now. Bye. <laughs> um... And then, like, I hated that Darrow was right. Darrow was right about what what part? Darrow was right that this was a ploy to get the Senate divided. I hated right. this. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I think that this was the takeaway, especially, I think Mustang is the one that says this, basically. Um, I, it didn't feel good to me. To me either yeah and i mean so even even though he is right here i still think it's ridiculous that they don't even let the senate hear it out and it mm-hmm. it's just like if they had just said okay yeah they're lying but we can hear them out and you guys can investigate this go for it then like like dancer's not an idiot right right let him do the thing let them like start the negotiations you know there's going to be concessions in every peace talks right where it's like okay you have to demonstrate this trust but verify right like and if they don't do that dancer's not going to be like oh yeah actually we're cool uh just go ahead and destroy us like also also like while we're in peace negotiations uh we're gonna put we're gonna put our fleet in like defensive formation and we're gonna expect a sneak attack of course like of course what 
<sighs> I can't. I can't with Darrow. <laughs> everything everything about Darrow in this book has been very, very tough to read. And I, I know I apologize that we're in three straight episodes of ranting about Darrow. We need we need to okay. I don't think it's gonna get any better with Darrow. I need, I'm gonna say this at the outset. I think Darrow's gonna have a rough next book. Okay. I'm gonna say we limit how much we rag on Darrow. Here's what I'm gonna say. All right. <laughs> Darrow needs a every time we wanna rag on Darrow, we need to have a compliment in the middle. You know, like a compliment sandwich. <laughs> Okay. But I don't sure. think we're going to be able to do a compliment sandwich with Darrow. So we have to do. I was thinking a shot clock on Darrow. Okay. <laughs> if we're going to take, if we're going to take a shot at Darrow, it's got to be within, it's got to be 24 seconds or less. <laughs> I mean, I'm it's the NBA rules as, as we follow mostly. Yeah. Okay. We'll do a shot clock then. <laughs> that works for me. Darrow gets a shot clock from now on. Okay. <laughs> nice. Love that. Um, all right. Do we do we have anything here at the end before we wrap up? Or um, hmm. is Severo a bad friend or a good friend? I I would lean towards good friend, generally. Okay. Severo seems to be an enabler. Ooh. Okay. This is what I mean. If he is a bad friend or a good friend. Okay, this is an interesting point. I, I, I think if he's a bad friend, it's because of him being an enabler. Yes. And I do think that like towards the end here, he's finally speaking up a little bit. To your point, I do think he should have spoken up earlier. Right. Like maybe before they left Loon. Like maybe yeah. instead of shooting Wolf Wolfgar, you should have... Yeah been like yeah actually darrow they have a great point we should probably stop before things go too far right and instead we got a little murder happening a little murder that we didn't love yeah okay I, yeah then i think there's i think there's an argument for for bad friend Maybe he's too supportive i guess like a good friend you, a good friend is somebody who's gonna call you on your shit right and right Severo claims to be doing that. I don't think he's really doing it. Yeah, I mean, he's doing it too late, right? Yes. Like, he does it as they have landed on Venus. And it's like, well, I mean, we just made, like, we're committed already. We've done so many crimes at this point. <laughs> we broke out several mass murders already. If you had said, if... Maybe if you spoke up before we did the jailbreak, I guess. Uh, okay. Apparently a good father, though. Apparently a good father. Seems like his kids really adore him. Um, a good father in, in the way that golds are good parents. Yes. Yes. Uh, I... Hmm. Since we are talking about this, though, how... How bad of a prison do they have that Apollonius could execute an assassination from inside the underwater crab prison? Well, okay. So he, I don't know exactly what he did, but it was basically, he just got a message out through this like guy that he had been bribing. Right. That's pretty much it. 
this guy who he'd been bribing lives on the prison, right? Right. He gets private messages. I mean, <laughs> what are we doing? No, we, I, I feel like this is lesser than what we've seen from Apollonius in the prison when he has like his own like pretty sweet area. I feel like once we saw that, it was kind of like, all right, well, it's kind of getting a message out is is easy at that point. Okay, I feel like, first off, he had to do more than just get a message out. Because, like, if that's all it took, then, like, yeah, anybody, nobody, I don't need a message from Apollonius for me, his favorite buddy, to be like, I got to kill the dude who is okay, responsible sure. that's for That's fair, I think. So he, it was more than a message, right? Um, but, like, uh, I feel like you don't trust anybody coming out of the prison. I feel like this is just part of prison protocol is like, hey, look, you know, and the prisoners are really dangerous. So <laughs> we'll pay you a good amount to work there. But you, we got to check all your messages. We're concerned. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We're going to follow you around. We're going to put... Maybe this is actually getting at a larger point here where I don't think that the intelligence agency for the Republic is very good. Okay, sure. Because, like, nobody knew that the Ash Lord was, was dying. Right. Yeah, some am- some amateur stuff going on, I have to say, which is which is to be expected for a brand new government structure. Right. Fair enough. But you follow the prison warden at least. You have him tailed. You do. You do. Anyway, okay, we got we got kind of off on a tangent here, but <laughs> uh, So yeah. Um, I think shot clock on Darrow going forward. Shot clock on Darrow. Sure. Um I don't know. Hopefully, hopefully our kids are still alive. Right. Can you imagine? Uh, Can you imagine next book starts and it's like, well, well, Dara's kid and Severo's kid are dead. So let's see what happens. (laughs) Yeah, that would be, that'd be, uh, I don't know. I'm not putting it past Pierce, um, but we're hoping for, we're hoping for Ephraim being dead, not them being dead. At least I am. Um, I guess we'll, we probably won't do reviews since we're going to continue in the series for next week. Uh, we'll start on Dark Age. I think we're going to try to do this one in thirds. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit longer, um, but we're, we're going to try to finish it in three. So, yeah, we will see you next week. Shot clock on Darrow, but anything goes for anybody else who might who might show up. So who knows who we'll be talking about next time. But we'll be here with the hot takes. And being dumb nerds. 